So let's talk today uh, another fantastic interesting wonderful topic um, we are very proud to have an author in the program on the program today and I think the cloud accounting guru of our time Heather Smith speaks all over the world all about the new innovations that are coming up with cloud accounting and today she's going to be sharing with us her knowledge and her understanding of what's coming up and uh, what we can do as small businesses to improve our accounting bookkeeping and just general um, administration processes she's of course the author of Zero for Dummies, and um, a very uh, heralded speaker on the conference circuit as well. She's going to be speaking at the Accounting and Business Expo, which is going to be happening in the next two days, Wednesday and Thursday down at ICC. It is completely free. I highly recommend this. I went as a delegate last last year, and there is so much to learn, not just if you're in the accounting world, but also as a business in terms of new innovations. Um, and I know Heather will be speaking about that Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me here, Alexi. I'm really excited to be here and hello to everyone who's listening in. <laughs> now, let's talk a little bit about um, the success of Zero for Dummies. Yes. Why do you think it is that people are so excited about the cloud accounting revolution when it comes to be- being a business owner and how do you think it's changed people's life in, say, the last 10 years? I think moving to the cloud has given the business owner a- a- an immense amount of flexibility, uh, And by that, I mean that they can access their business information from anywhere. So they don't have to return to the office to get documents or to get information. They can access it from anywhere. Plus, what it has done is it has um, brought financial information into a timely and accurate accessible uh, point. Um, Previously, like 10 years ago, when I was talking to a small business owner, their data was could be 18 months out of date. It was unreliable. It was inaccurate. And today I can be talking to a small business owner whose data is accurate up until eight hours ago. Like, like it's so accurate in terms of everything feeding into it. And I can really have a good conversation with about them about that. Um, and one of the things about business, whether you've thought about it or not, but a business is essentially lots and lots and lots of decisions. And and being able to support those decisions with accurate and timely data is going to put you in a lot better position. And it's important that we are aware and have a finger on the pulse of our numbers and, and that those numbers need to be completely up to date as small businesses because we are known for being agile and flexible and able to be... Um, Uh, just be able to move quickly with the times with anything that happens but you can't do that unless you've got the data behind you so you can make informed decisions and I suppose that's another really exciting thing about the cloud accounting revolution. Yeah absolutely it's having that access to that accurate data and one of the things um, uh, with these online accounting solutions is that you can be working with experts from wherever so for me I work with people globally but if I'm a business I can actually have um, say an inventory expert accessing my financial information and giving me information about that that I uh, need to know about buying my next shoe instalment or um, forecasting forward um, and engaging with another staff member and I have people around me who can just come in and give me that very specific advice based on that reliable data that's available to, to them and to me. Now, you mentioned working globally, and I think um, people, when they think of working worldwide, they think, oh, I can be sitting on a beach in the Caribbean with my cocktail in one hand and my laptop in the other, and I can be working on my books. Why would you want to be doing that when you're on <laughs> holiday? But is, that, is there more to it than working worldwide? Well, what does that concept mean, and, and why is it important that we embrace it? So, um, for me, 
there's a number of aspects to this. So for the one, one thing is if you are offering professional services and if you're able to offer that worldwide, so you, I'm an accountant, but I don't do compliance work. So um, I can work with people worldwide because accounting is the same worldwide for, for, for most businesses. Numbers are numbers. Numbers are numbers, debits and credits, etc. Um, it means I don't have fluctuations. It means I'm not uh, tied down to seasonal um deadlines. It means I can space my work out. Um, and I'm a mum, so it means I can actually, I don't necessarily need to work the same hours that you work. I've not worked nine to five for a decade. I will happily get up uh, and maybe work from 10 till 1am uh, in the morning, but that suits me perfectly. And I'm dealing with um, maybe a, 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 fruit, a fruit shop in Seattle. I'm happy about that because I can still do a lot of work with them um, doing that. But the other thing, the other thing in terms of the flexibility is there's something what I call as a workation. So I now, for the whole month of January, I go away. I go overseas um, and I've been doing this on a regular basis now. I can take a full month off because I can still access all of my information and so I can spend maybe 90 minutes 90 minutes every day, typically in the morning, typically before everyone's woken up. And I can just check back in with work and make sure everything is flowing okay so then I can take a full month off. So rather than take one week off or 10 days off, I'm full on having these amazing times. Um, and, and, and when you do take a holiday, being away for longer doesn't necessarily cost you more. But having that flexibility to know that the business is still rolling, you've still got people doing the work that need to be do done, and you're able to jump on anything that needs to be pushed along is great. Um, and, and so you've got both, I can work away from my business, I can work overseas, but I can work here in Australia and, and uh, go out and attract clients from overseas. And, and another thing further to that is you can niche really hard, you can specialise really hard if you are looking at the world and then identifying the customers in that world that you really want to work with. Let me be devil's advocate for a second because you mentioned working at kind of odd, unusual hours. hours of the day. How do you ensure that it doesn't bleed into family time? And I think that's the risk um, and what people consider is when they go into a business that they know needs to be on hand, on tap, available. And we all do that with small business. We make sure we're available for our clients because that's what we're known for. But how do you set the boundaries to ensure that that doesn't bleed into family time or your own time, given that we are living in this worldwide, you know, 24-7 world? Absolutely. So I have two children. Um, I don't fit the nine to five. And what we will do is um, we'll go cheaper Tuesday and we'll take the whole of Tuesday off and go to the cinema together um, because we're actually benefiting from no queues, cheaper cheaper opportunities um, and, 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 and actually taking advantage of that. So I don't feel bad not working in that nine to five. And I think if you are going to flex it out either way, um, going earlier or going later, you need to not feel bad about not working out in that nine to five. And for me, um, I have energy and I know when my energy is good and I know when my, my creative, my accounting, my insightfulness is good or bad and I will work at that time. So frequently, um, like as, I, as, as we mentioned, I write books, I'll wake up at one o'clock in the morning with 
a whole chapter in my head and I'll just get up and I'll write that whole chapter. I'll be done by four o'clock in the morning. I'll go back to bed. But it doesn't matter because I won't need to work three hours during the day. Um, I spend a huge amount. I'm a very present parent. I spend a huge amount of time with my children. My children are coming on those long vacations with us um, and we're very involved in their life. So it's blended it's blended, but it works really well. I like what you were saying there about not feeling guilty about working nine to five. I mean, so many times when we're running small businesses, particularly if, if you're in the bookkeeping and accounting world and you've got, you know, people on different time zones, you work when they work and then you go, oh, but hang on, I've got to, I've got to, it's nine to five, it's, it's 11 o'clock in the morning and I'm doing nothing because I'm exhausted. You've got to be kind to yourself mm. and say it's okay just because it's nine to five. It's not your nine to five. Yeah. It's not your hours. And I like that idea. If we all sat down and just took a little bit of time to say to, us, to myself, well, when, when is it I'm the most alive, active, when, when is the, if it is, coffee kicked in mm. and when does that work best for you? And I don't think there's enough of us who yeah. really sit down and analyse that. We just go, I'm a small business, I'm going to go hard yeah. for 12 hours of the day and then I'm going to fall down exhausted. And that's not, um, you know, that's not good, yeah. good long term, essentially. Absolutely. yeah. Sorry, go on. You have to be uh, really um, here and understand and be in tune to when your energy is high and when you're working going to work well. Because you could work well for four hours and not need to work for another, you know, an eight-hour day if you can get it all done in four hours. Yeah, and be and be kind to yourself. Mm-hmm. Just say, look, that's what my capabilities are right now. And you've got to be flexible, I suppose. And, and I suppose the reality is... So many businesses might shy away from the fact that they are a family member as well as a business, but embrace it. Mm. That's if, if, if family circumstances change and you need to be there for your family, so be it. And the fact is a lot of our times we all work with other small businesses as well and they're going to be more understanding than, than you think. So have a bit of that confidence. Um, those of you who are regular listeners and will know that we speak a lot to Tim Hoopman, who is one of the Beyond Blue speakers and is a big advocate for small business mental health. If there's anybody out there struggling with any of these concepts and doesn't think that they can get their head around it, go to the Heads Up website. There are some fantastic resources, especially dedicated for small business owners, and you can check out some of those. Now, let's talk about efficiencies and expertise because I think um, we need to be able to recognise, as you said earlier in the program about niching, it's a great way to really identify yourself and position yourself as the expert. You are an expert with cloud accounting and efficiency. So what are some other top tips you can give us when it comes to being efficient and being just really productive? I would really understand who you're talking to about embracing technology in your firm and make sure that they're quite modern about this. Um, Don't necessarily be speaking to someone who's old school and who has a vested interest in you staying on their system or on their server. Um, I would, uh, in a small business, I really want your accounting solution to have active bank feeds. So it means the bank feeds are feeding in on a very regular basis. Um, I really want you to be having online accounting software. um, And I want you to be um, identifying solutions that can save you uh, time and save you repetitive processes. So that might be a bills and scanning solution that can scan the information, extract it and push it into your accounting solution so you're never actually having to do data entry. Um, And talk to, uh, in terms of your business workflow, talking to your accountant or bookkeeper is a good place to start because they're very familiar with looking at a lot of solutions uh, and and knowing where the efficiencies are. so that they can suggest what you should implement in your own business. If you are a business that does currently have a server, um, 
I highly recommend when you come to renew that server, you look to the options of not having a server on site. Yeah, an on site server you're speaking specifically about. And I suppose with that comes with comes the the notion of getting in the cloud and how do you do that? Do you go with a hybrid system, which is some, some people feel very um, unconfident having their financial data in the in the cloud, but would prefer that to be on a server. So I have heard about people doing hybrid systems where some of the data is there and some of them data is there. Obviously not particularly efficient, but if that keeps your financial controller happy, for example, then that might be have to be have to be important. Who should you be talking to? We know who to talk to for advice and who to make the best suggestions for your business. But who are the stakeholders that you need to make aware of if you're making any changes? Uh the stakeholders, um, you may need to talk to your customer base, you may need to talk to your supplier base. So you may, um, any information that they're pushing towards you, you may need to ask them, can you put, give this to me in a digital form rather than send it to me by email or send it to me by text message. Um, you also need to, if you are implementing technology changes, train the staff and explain to the staff why you're doing it. And uh, if the technology's changes are resulting in them working less time in a particular area, work out other things that they can work on. There's always ample opportunity to do good work in um, the marketing area. So so if you can reduce some data entry, uh, move them to maybe an executive assistant or marketing area if, if that's an option there. So one of the things you suggested um, at a different time when we were chatting was Minute Doc. Can you mm. take us through that as an example? So Minute Doc is a time tracking solution. So what I find is a lot of people uh, work, but they don't track their time and they don't track what's happening. So Minute Doc um, can sit on your mobile device or can sit on your computer. And anytime you're working with a client, you can track that time and you can actually uh, put some information in um, describing what, what's actually happening in that time. But you can also allocate it to an activity. You can also allocate it to a project and you can run it against budget. So you can, um, if say you're working on, you're working away on customer A and uh, it's all going well, but then customer Customer B rings up. You can stop the timer, flip it to customer B. Uh, you can manually do it or do it in real time. And then when you finish that conversation, flip it back to customer A. So what you're doing is you are maintaining a track record of what is happening with each customer. And I found um, when I implemented the solution is these time tracking solutions are very, very reasonably priced. And I found when I, when I implemented it myself, my track time went up 5% per month, which is a, an astonishing amount to be able to increase your revenue by, um, by 5% a month. And so I was able to send out detailed invoices because everything populates into a detailed invoice and the whole thing pushes across into your online accounting solution. So you're monitoring what you're doing. You have a clear understanding of what you're doing. You don't forget anything. It's not written on post-it notes and you've not sent out an invoice and forgot to bill them completely for something. It increases your revenue. Time tracking increases your revenue. And no matter how in professional services you want to bill, you still need to understand how many hours you're spending with a client and what is the return on that investment? What is the income you are generating from that client? I like the fact that you talk about uh, talking, flipping the switch between the two because half the battle is you'd be doing something and you just get distracted all the time between the things. And I guess the other the point there is don't forget to track the time you're working on your own business mm. too because that's obviously non-billable, but it can be monitored and checked and, and you can start to get an idea about how much things are costing you. Um, one of the things we talk about on Small Biz Matters is doing a, uh, I guess, 
hourly rate for your business where you sit down and you look at all of your overheads through a year and drill it down to, you know, 40 hours a week and drill it down to 48 hour, 48 weeks a year because, you know, we only work 48 <laughs> weeks a year, right? Um, and get an hourly rate for yourself so that when you are working on your business and you're tracking this time, you can sit there and go, well, hang on. I could be employing someone at a cheaper rate and therefore I'd be making money off them instead of doing it myself and this is how much it costs me to run my business per hour. It's a really handy tool to have. Now, one final thing on this topic before we we move on and have a quick community service announcement. I just want to talk to you about how to keep on top of all of these new cloud solutions because they are constantly evolving. And one of the fear that small business has is if I learn something um, and I implement it on my business, how do I keep track on even that piece of software evolving? So what's some really good strategies to keep up to date with it? Um, So one of the things I would suggest is... uh monitor, ask your bookkeeper to keep you informed, okay? Um, Because they're normally on top of what's going on there. Um, The um, solutions themselves typically offer up webinars so monitor what webinars are coming up and have someone sitting on the office uh, and monitor that webinar and then feed it back to everyone in the office if there's some time tracking um, features that are happening in there that you need to uh, be be, uh, keep on top of. Um, It's embracing lifelong learning. Once you've learned it you still need to keep learning it and I would spend typically 15 minutes a day uh, trying to learn something more that is available in the solution. Now, sometimes that's easy if you're sort of pushed to demand a feature, but then sometimes it's just going and searching and then finding, oh, this feature here is actually going to be able to use for all of my clients and going to save me time. Um, and I, uh, I try and put out a lot of information about technology myself and um, helping encourage people to, to learn it in bite-sized, chunked pieces. So I really, uh, if you can stay on top of 15 minutes a day of learning, um, you're going to be well ahead. And uh, if then you need to deep dive into something via webinars, via this hundreds of free YouTube videos that you can access. Um, Many of these solutions will allocate you an account manager. You can shoot them an email. Is there something I need to know in this? And if you want the solution to do something and it doesn't do something, contact someone. Contact your peers or contact the solution and they may actually tell you it does it but it calls it something different or your peers will tell you this is how I do it and, and this is the way I get to that um, and that can actually save you a huge amount of time. So constantly push yourself to uh, have an efficient workflow and try and do something as fast as possible. I think one of the things we forget as small businesses is unless you're part of a professional association and have this requirement it was we don't keep our continu- continuing practical education up to date. Uh, And if you're a small business owner, you just don't factor that in as something that you should do. Um, Whereas people who are professionals and part of a professional association or consultants, we make that part of our everyday life because we have to. So maybe small businesses out there need to be paying more attention to those emails that they do get from their very important pieces of software that they've implemented. Actually watch those 15-minute interviews, uh, 15-minute segments, because they do tend to be quite small and bite-sized because they're aware of your time and they know how much bandwidth we all have. (laughs) Look, we're going to take a quick break here on Small Biz Matters. When we come back after the break, we're going to be talking more to Heather Smith, who is the cloud accounting guru, and talking about um, the best way to engage with a bookkeeper and ask for that support from your bookkeeping community. You're listening to Triple H 100.1 FM. We'll be back after this. 
And welcome back to Small Biz Matters here with Alexi Boyd in Triple H Studios and live across Australia on the Community Radio Network. If you've missed any of today's show, you can, of course, catch up via smallbizmatters.com.au where there are over 130 fantastic podcasts just like this one. We have yet to repeat a topic. That's how varied and interesting the topics and the experts that we have on the program. Plus, you can subscribe to our news channel, our, sorry, our iTunes channel, uh, Small Biz Matters Australia, where there are over 60 long-form podcasts just like this excellent one we've got with Heather Smith today. So just before the break, Heather, we were talking about um, utilising the software that you are implementing. It's not an easy process, is it, when you put something new into your business? It's like plugging in a whole new device um, and you have to be kind to your staff and kind to your stakeholders when you're rolling it out. And I guess uh, during the break, we were talking about a really important section of that software and all of them have it which is a dashboard Uh, and I guess too many times because it flashes up on the screen when we first start it kind of washes over you and you don't pay attention to it why is it really important to make that part of the um, evolution of that software in your business? Okay so uh, um, in terms of dashboard technology for those who are unfamiliar with it it's kind of like you're driving along the road and you know when you're driving somewhere you set a journey and you set a destination and when you're driving you don't look at the dashboard all the time but what you do is you know the symbols um, on the dashboard and you flick down to it while you're driving then, then your eyes flick up but if uh, something comes up as an alert or something comes up unusual such as your petrol is low such as a red light has come on and on the oil um, and a little oil symbol has appeared you know that you need to do something and you know that journey needs um, some interference and you need to react to it this is the exact same uh, with your business dashboards you should be working with someone who uh, understands your goals understands your business and has identified and worked with you to identify what information you need to surface to help you drive your business on the journey your business wants to go on the dashboard will should then be showcasing that information it should surface that information so you're not looking at it every day but as you open up you go ah well, sorry you're not looking at it every minute of driving the business but as you open up you look at it and you can scan across it and quickly identify anything that looks abnormal that you need to deal with and that can be both extremely positive or extremely negative, okay? So abnormal or extraordinary is something that you're not expecting there and you should then analyse what has happened there. Has um, a promotion in one area led to a massive um, uh, reduction in sales in another area and that's something you need to be aware of. Has one salesperson um, (laughs) thwarted the efforts of another salesperson which... In, in reality does unfortunately happen. Um, and having that dashboard technology means that you can set it there and, and, and run your business um, with that information and, and run it very quickly and then get on to what you need to do. And you can tailor these dashboards as well. You don't just have to use whatever it is that spits back at you. I know that you can highlight certain accounts, for example, in zero, or you can have um, a, a pop-up come up and tell you when you've got a certain number of receipts that need to be processed in Receipt Bank, for example. So so there's ways that you can tailor it so it actually matches your business, not just, you know, the, the default. Absolutely. So we really want you to think about what information you need and, 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 and sit away from the actual software. 
work out what information you need and then come back to it. Um, and what a lot of people might do is put in an overlay of Microsoft BI, um, which will extract all the data from all of your different solutions and put it and showcase it. So, so it just depends on where you're going with this. But uh, uh, solutions like that can pull together multiple software solutions and pull out the information you want and create graphs, uh, which sometimes it might be easier to create a graph or it may be easier to have um, colour indications uh, as we, we see and sort of then quickly can quickly react to. Now, one of those people that we've talked about a couple of times on the program that is so important in your business is a bookkeeper. And um, by the sounds of it, what you're describing there, um, a lot of bookkeepers have the solutions to roll out and explain to you how to use those pieces of software. How do I have an overarching data collection point like Microsoft BI that might be able to pull out the data that I need? But without knowing how those programs operate or work, you wouldn't have the first clue about how to set it up unless you get to sit down and watch 14 hours of YouTube videos. So a bookkeeper is a great person to engage with. How do you find the right person for your particular business? So in terms of finding the right bookkeeper for your business, I would be looking for someone, a bookkeeper who has a BAS agent registration. By that, I mean that they're, they're registered with the Tax Practitioners Board. And I'd really um, highly recommend you, you taking your, uh, finding someone who's qualified to that level or registered or credited to that level. I would then um, be looking for a bookkeeper who is cloud savvy, who has cloud technology savvy and is bracing uh, modern methodologies um, so that there's, she's building in, she or he is building a lot of efficiencies in running your practice and helping you run your business. Um, I would also look to someone who is updating their professional um, uh, uh, CPE, as we talked about before, so continuing um, embracing lifelong learning. So they may be associated with um, the AAT or the ICB or the ABN. Um, So these are are bookkeeping um, associations that you can be accredited with. Now, depending on your industry... I would also look to a bookkeeper that is niching in your industry. And the reason why is, say, for instance, you're um, uh, in the medical industry. There are a lot of unique uh, methods in the medical industry, such as income comes in in a lot of different, different ways in the medical industry. And a bookkeeper who's working with multiple clients in that industry is going to be far more efficient in dealing with you um, and dealing with your business than a bookkeeper who only has one client. Because every time something new happens in your industry, in your business, they're going to be learning it for the first time. Whereas if they work with a number of practices in that industry, um, they're going to actually be looking out for it. And if it's not happening, they're actually going to be questioning you why it's not happening. You also can um, be open to the fact that your bookkeeper may not physically come to your office ever. Um, They can remotely dial into you and help you and support you, but they can actually be completely remote. And this... If you're open to this, this can actually work really well for you because that you don't need to make time for them to come. They can do the work efficiently from where they are and they're going to um, in- encourage you to set up as many efficiencies as possible. It's also a really good idea if you try and engage with someone and they say, oh, well, I, I don't deal with your industry or I haven't done that before, so I'm going to recommend someone who does. And like any other professional, um, they're going to have associates that they work with and they're happy to work with and particular accountants. Now, speaking of accountants, what's the difference between an accountant and a bookkeeper? So I think um, 
here in Australia, you may have um, a tax accountant and that would be, again, someone who's registered to do uh, tax and compliance work. But you also have a management accountant. So I'm I'm actually a management accountant. Um, And I think um, a lot of uh, advanced bookkeepers who are moving into helping businesses customise reports and prepare cash flow forecasting, that is moving into what the management accountant does. The tax accountant will come in and uh, do um, your uh, business tax returns, probably help you with your personal tax returns, help you potentially set up the business, the sort of that initial um, asset compliance with the business um, and assist you in dealing with everything sort of outside the GST spectrum in terms of taxes with the business. These days, um, some people sit very much, they only work in one area or they work in the other. And some of the bigger firms will try and cross over uh, both of them. It's essential, whomever you're using for your accountant and whomever you're using for your bookkeeper, and it may well be two different businesses that they communicate and they communicate well. Um, and that can make a, a brilliant, brilliant relationship for your actual business. I like the fact that you're talking about segmenting the different aspects. You know, the bookkeeper is your day-to-day person, your go-to for technology and understanding any changes that might be happening in the industry and being able to move quickly. Um, your tax accountant is somebody who looks after your tax affairs as a whole, including your personal stuff. And your management accountant is the one who kind of puts things into buckets and, and looks at moving money around a little bit maybe. So it's okay to have three different professionals looking after that as long as, as you said, they communicate effectively and, and look after one another. Yeah. Well, I want to thank you very much for coming on the show today. Now, tell me how people can find out more about you and, and what it is that you do and your expertise. Uh, thank you so much for having me on the show, Alexi, and thank you for everyone who's listening in. What I encourage you to do is if you are interested in this space, um, I would encourage you to sign up to my newsletter, which keeps you abreast of everything. So that you can find at heathersmithsmallbusiness.com forward slash newsletter. And it's a bi-weekly newsletter. It's completely focused on apps and technology you can use in your business. Uh, and it's it's talking globally of the best apps you can use in your business. Well, that's a fantastic top tip. We might actually pop that on the Facebook page as well. If anybody missed any of today's program, you can, of course, listen via iTunes Store, which has over 60 podcasts for Small Biz Matters with Alexi Boyd. And you can check out what's happening on our Small Biz Matters page. I didn't have a chance to tell you what was coming up um, in the next few weeks, but of course, we've got our event calendar on smallbizmatters.com.au, which has over 50 events for small business. It might be networking or a workshop or a seminar. So, make sure that you get in touch with us uh, via that website. You can subscribe to our newsletter. You can find out who's coming on the show this week and also um, what podcasts are available, plus the events that are coming up in your local area. There are brilliant events out there and I don't know of anywhere else that does all the events in one place. Lots of councils do their own or chambers will do their own, but I try and get everything in there. If you've got an event coming up, make sure you get in touch with us. You can email events at smallbizmatters.com.au. It's completely free to have your event listed and make sure you subscribe to our newsletter. Thanks for listening today. Uh, Again, guys, we've got a brilliant guest next week. We've got Jeremy Goff, who's going to be coming and talking all about how to deliver the perfect presentation and it's simpler than you think is actually a formula that you can use so those of you who are ever doing a presentation it'll be absolutely crucial that you listen to that thanks for listening to small biz matters on triple h 100.1 fm and across the community radio network we'll be back next tuesday